Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How you doing? How is your November? For those of you in the United States, I hope you're getting some wonderful Thanksgiving plans together and, you know, overeat. What can I say? It's a great day for it. Excuse. As a reminder, I will be holding another round of Landry Dream Job Accelerator come January. I don't have that information yet out for sort of public consumption yet. But if you want to know, details or get more information on that, just email me, Lisa, that's L-E-S-A, at ExclusiveCareerCoaching.com. All right, so today we're going to talk about body language, also known as nonverbal communication, and how that, the importance of it and what to do about it relative to the job interview. It really can make or break your interview, and there's a lot of research out there that says If you are saying something and your body language is saying something else that a trained person or interviewer in this case would be listening to, if you will, the body language more so than the words. So you want to make sure that what you do with your body is in concert with hopefully what you mean, what you truly mean and believe about yourself and that you're not sort of inadvertently or accidentally sending the wrong messages with your nonverbal communication. So I want to break this down for you today with 11 tips. Now, my caveat here is that I want you to take this advice and apply it to yourself. So with pretty much anything in terms of your your personality, your, you know, how you show up in the world, I like to think of it as a range, right? So when we think of our, let's say our energy level, you have a normal sort of set point for your energy level, but it's really a range, right? So on some day, maybe you got a good night's sleep, maybe really great things have happened. You might be at the high end of that energy level. And on another day with less sleep, or you're not, maybe you're coming down sick or something sad has happened in your life, you'd be at the lower end of that energy level. So whatever I suggest, whether it's, you know, how to smile, eye contact, all of that, I want you to think of that in terms of what's natural for you. So a perfect example would be the eye contact that I'm going to talk about. If you normally are just really find it difficult to make eye contact for whatever reason, and that maybe you've been given that feedback or you just know it to be true, you're not probably going to go from where you are right now to making continuous eye contact with the speaking other person, so the interviewer in this case. But what you can do is be aware of it and start practicing it, hopefully getting help either from someone like me, from a coach or from a friend to increase your eye contact while still being natural to you. Because again, if you try to do a 180, you're not going to be natural. You're not going to be authentic. 
And I apologize that I sound like this. I am still struggling after all this time with a cough. And <laughs> I kind of live on my cool and day quill these days. I can't seem to shake it. And, and so I apologize. I can hear myself sound very scratchy right now. I, I greatly apologize. All right. So here are those 11 tips. Number one, posture. So you want to sit up straight or stand up straight, whatever the case may be, because that's going to make you appear more confident. You're going to look more engaged. So head up, shoulders back, right? You want to avoid that kind of slouchy posture where your shoulders are forward. And I do not recommend sitting on the edge of the seat. It always bothers me when I see television shows and someone's being interviewed and they are sitting on the edge of their seat. It's not comfortable up there. And it is a subservient position. And even if you're an entry-level candidate, I, I really don't want you in a subservient position. I want you to be confident and, and you can really much more easily achieve that when you sit back, relax your arms, but again, have those shoulders back, sit up straight, head up. So that's posture. The second one I want to talk about is the eye contact piece. And I sort of alluded to that. I recommend that when the other person is talking, the interviewer, that you maintain almost continuous eye contact. Now, not in a creepy, starey, stocky way, right? Make sure you blink and having some nonverbal or some verbal kind of agreements in there. We're going to talk about that will help as well. Now, when you're speaking, you have more latitude to look away, look up, you know, kind of look down if necessary to give your, gather your thoughts, but you still want to be making some eye contact with the interviewer when you are speaking. But again, within what is reasonable for you, right? Move the needle. If that's an area you struggle with, let's move the needle some. The next one is smile. So a, a nice, warm, gentle smile can go a long way. If you are not someone who normally smiles and you come in there and you're just smiling constantly and you just don't stop smiling, it's creepy, right? There's someone who I, oh, I'm, in, I'm involved with professionally online and her her face is just that she... Just, I don't know what it is. She just smiles all the time. She's really toothy and she smiles all the time. And I find it a little creepy. Just there's something about that that just kind of is off-putting. Like it's always a smile, even when to me a smile is not, you know, called for. It's not even appropriate based on what she's talking about. So I'm not suggesting that. But coming across as friendly and approachable uh, is really helpful. So you want to avoid excessive smiling, insincere smiling. And that can make you appear nourished, nervous, so that kind of nervous thing that we sometimes do, or that nervous, heaven forbid, that nervous like chuckle is really annoying. So smile. The next one is going to be a handshake. When I used to work in higher education, I would teach etiquette courses. And these were really fun, like three-hour programs that would combine meeting etiquette with meal etiquette. And when we were doing the meeting etiquette, I would teach them the anatomy of a handshake. And I can't do that in person with you. But what I can tell you is you want to put your hands straight out, perpendicular to the floor. So, you know, not parallel. So do this with me if you can. Perpendicular to the floor. You're going to connect with the other person, thumb joint to thumb joint. That's where the connectivity should be. And then you want to pump once or no more than twice. Don't do the, what I call the used car salesman thing where you just keep shaking hands with them. It's off-putting and also it's just creepy. And a limp or a, a weak handshake, if that's an issue for you, that can be interpreted as lacking confidence. So if that's something you need to work on, that's something you can really easily do with a friend or, or a family member 
Just practice that handshake. Get it in there. If you have a problem with your handshakes, tend, and your hand tends to be kind of wet, <laughs> kind of moist, then, you know, just a real subtle wiping on your, you know, suit coat if you're a guy or your, your jacket if you're a girl, whatever, before you shake hands. Number five is hand gestures. Most of us do hand gestures in an appropriate way. And we may be tempted in an interview to kind of sit on our hands, so to speak, whether we do that literally or figuratively, but we may try to tone that down. And that's not, again, going to be natural for us. So for most of us, using the hand gestures that we normally use will be appropriate and will come across as authentic. Now, this is an area for sure that you could get some feedback on, especially if you have reason to believe or have been told that you do something that is, I don't know, off-putting, maybe it's weird in some way, you're going to want to tame that down. But the normal hand gestures that you may be using already are going to be okay. What you want to avoid here is fidgeting. So you want to not play with objects. You want to make sure that you're not making distracting gestures. The next one is mirroring. So again, when we go back to that concept of that range of what is natural for you, to that degree, I want you to mirror the interviewer's tone, their, their pace of their language. If this is someone who comes in and is very quiet and maybe soft-spoken and very measured with their words, then bring your energy level, your verbiage and your delivery down to perhaps what is more like the bottom of your range. Again, don't go outside of that range. And you'll know if you do, because it will feel just wrong. Same thing if they are very high energy and enthusiastic. Maybe these are, you know, just super A-type people. Then ramp yourself up a little bit uh, to the, to maybe towards the top of your range. And what this does is it really can help to build rapport. There's lots of research out there that says that we tend to like people better and have a better opinion of people who are more like us. It's kind of human nature. And so to the degree that you can do that, you are relating more so to the interviewer and they're more likely to think favorably of you. The next one is active listening. So you want to nod your head occasionally and then say things like, I understand, that makes sense, absolutely, you know, those kinds of, of words. And this shows that you're actively listening, you're engaged in the conversation, you're interested in what's happening. So that's active listening. The next one is avoid fidgeting. And I talked about, I mentioned fidgeting a minute ago, I want to go into that a little bit deeper. If you tend to play with your hair, and this was a big one that I saw with when I was working with college students. The girls wanted to play with their hair. In fact, there's a, a podcaster that I listened to, and I was actually, I, I paid to go through one of her programs last week, and she makes so much money, and yet she played, I started ticking, like I, I ran out after about like 25 times. She plays with her hair, just plays with her hair constantly. If that is something that you know that you do or that you tend to do when you're nervous, Problem solve that. Can you wear your hair up in a bun? Can you wear a ponytail? What can you do to put your hair somewhere where you will not be tempted to play with it? 
If you tend to click pens, oh my gosh, I have been in meetings where I have taken pens out of people's hands because they're clicking them constantly, completely unaware. If that's an issue for you, don't have a pen in your hand. We all know people whose leg doesn't stop, right? That's a sign of nervousness or jitteriness. So if that's an issue of yours, you know, is there a, you know, can you help that by putting your hand on your own knee to kind of remind you? At the very minimum, get those legs up underneath a table where no one else is seeing that. They may still see sort of a vibration of your body as a result of that movement, but for goodness sake, make sure that you're not vibrating the table or something that, you know, like there's a water glass on the table and the water is moving around because of you. So be careful of that. Next, dress appropriately. Of course, you want to dress appropriately for the company culture, for the position that you're applying for, the industry that you're in. I always say dress for the job that you want, which may not be this job. Usually it's one kind of one level ahead. You don't want to outdress the person who's interviewing you. Now, how do you know what they wear? You don't. But what I'm saying is, it's a safe bet that if you go in there in a, a very, very expensive suit and Manolo Blahnik shoes, that you're probably going to be outdressed and they may have questions about that. So you want to dress conservatively, not, not super richly, but dress well and dress professionally. And that's going to show them that you kind of fit in better. The next one is facial expressions. And this is a huge part, of course, of body language and nonverbal communication. Your facial expressions can reveal a lot about your emotions. I used to, I still tell people, I saw a, a meme on social media that said, I don't need to speak, I have a face. And basically it was like, it's all right there. It has certainly the case for me. So if you know that that's an issue for you, you want to try to work on maintaining that composed, calm expression. And, you know, you want to avoid like rolling your eyes, having your eyebrows go up, showing signs of frustration, showing signs that you disagree with the other person, any of those kinds of things. Keep it neutral. And number 11, show enthusiasm. So everything about your body language should express eagerness and interest in the job, enthusiasm. So if you're saying, I'm really excited, we've all seen these people who are like, you know, you've seen, I'm so excited, right? But the voice and the body language says something entirely different. So make sure that you are expressing enthusiasm and interest for the job throughout your person. All right, so let's do the DIY versus DFY today. My favorite resource along these lines for the DIYs is one of the free tools online for interview practice. Now, I have been exposed to one, and I tried so hard as I was writing this out to find the specific free resource that was recommended because I did spend some time playing on it. And I don't know why I don't have it somewhere in my records, but I could not find it. But what I did do, I Googled that and I saw that there were a lot of resources out there. Some of them are paid. Some of them have a free level and a paid level. Some of them have a lot of other things there as well to include resume help and career coaching and all the things that, that, I provide and that others like me provide, but that's on an online format. But but take a look out there and see what I like about them is that you want one that will give you feedback as to quality of your answer, the tone of voice, mannerisms, all of that. 
The DFY, of course, is going to be mock interviews. So working with a coach on mock interviews. And I wanted to go into some depth about how my program works. I don't think it's dissimilar from how other coaches would approach it. They may want to do more sessions or fewer sessions with you. My coaching package, interview coaching package is two sessions. And in both sessions, we spend about 20 minutes in character as interviewer and interviewee. I have the, the candidate gives me a copy of an, of a, of a job description that they want to interview for. It could be one that they are actually going to be interviewing for, or it could be representative of the kinds of jobs that they're going to apply for. And then I write out interview questions based on that job description. And then the rest of the time, the 40 minutes remaining, we break that down and talk about what did they do well? Where did they struggle? We might practice a different way of approaching a question, just kind of on the spot so they can get the idea of it. And then I will send them home with homework. And oftentimes that homework is around how to build their toolkit, as I call it, of stories for behavioral interview questions. And I've talked about that on the, on the podcast before. But when I'm working one-on-one with a client, you know, we're, we're doing it again one-on-one. And then they come back in the second session and we're, we're interviewing for the same job, same job description. I throw them some of the same questions, particularly those that were more difficult and challenging for them. And then I throw them some new curveballs, again, based on the job description. What happens in that second session is that they hear themselves doing better. I am always, I, I've never had a client who hasn't improved dramatically in the second session. And then they also, we record both sessions. So they have the opportunity to hear and see the difference after the fact as they watch those videos. So the confidence really shoots up in the second session, which is why I like to, to do it as two sessions. I will tell you, I had one client who said, I'm going to need more help than that. I know I do. And you know what? She was actually right. So we did three. She, you know, paid a little bit more and had three coaching sessions on interviewing. And it really did take the three sessions for her to see the turnaround that I would normally see with two people. But she knew up front that that was a weakness for her. She was not a good interviewer. And so we, we achieved the same thing. It just took us one more session to do that. So that's how my interview coaching program works. If you want to know more about that, you can sign up for a consult. I've got the link in the show notes and you can go on my website, exclusivecareercoaching.com and get the link there or shoot me an email. I gave you that earlier, but it's lesa at exclusivecareercoaching.com and we can talk about interview coaching. I hope this has been helpful in giving you some sort of food for thought around your body language as it applies to job interviews. So I hope you have a great, fantastic, and wonderful week. See you next week. And in the meantime, take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.